How y'all doing? Is today a great day? I want to welcome those watching online as well. You're part of this family. And you know what? If I haven't met you, um, probably don't know uh, all of you here. I'm one of the pastors. I kind of work behind the scenes. I I work with the fire and police and military and do things out in the community. But uh, what an honor to be part of the church. If I haven't met you, uh, my name is Miles McPherson. Welcome to the Rock Church. Uh, it's just a joy. No, just kidding. Uh, pastor Miles, uh, on a little vacation. I love, I love our pastor. I've known him for over 35 years. And let me just tell you this. Um, he is legitimately the real deal. Who he is up here, his passion for Jesus and the kingdom is who he is one-on-one We raised our kids together. We've been in ministry for a long time together. So he needed a rest, and so continue to pray for him. And so you're stuck with me today. My name is Mickey, and with a name like Mickey, this is the happiest place on earth. Amen? We're going to have some fun today. Could I have you pray with me? And I'm going to have you, uh, if you wouldn't mind, join me, get on our knees together. Uh, and throughout the, the Bible, I know it's, some of you are jammed in there. You're going to have to turn sideways. If you're able uh, to join us on your knees, uh, that's a posture we see in Scripture where we humble ourselves before the Lord. And, you know, it doesn't matter what I say. In fact, forget what I say. Just remember what the Lord says today. Because the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is our teacher. So we want to surrender to him. Amen. Lord, it's so humbling uh, to know that the God of the universe, that you love us, you desire for us to become all that you've destined us to be as we surrender to your love. I pray today, this, this day would be significant day in all of our lives. For those here in Point Loma, for those online, locally and around the world, Jesus, be our teacher, Holy Spirit, enlighten our hearts to fall more in love with you and to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, as you stand up, look one of the people sitting around you right in the eyes, and it's impolite to point, but point at them and say, God loves you and wants to speak to you. Mm. All right, you can be seated. Now, um, I've been in ministry for quite a long time, and one of the privileges I have is helping uh, those who deal with trauma out in the community, help them understand and work through their exposure and uh, help them with mental health. And I've been doing this for a long time. In fact, the very first call I went on as a chaplain out in the community uh, actually was on the East Coast with Abraham Lincoln in the Ford Theater. Uh, I got the nudge to go and I was there. It didn't turn out well, but I was there for the aftermath to help care for some of the other people there. So I've been around a long time. Um, In fact, I knew Moses personally. That's just kind of there for us, but it's an honor. I love this church. I love your hearts. I love your generosity. I love that you're committed to the passion 
of what Jesus wants to do to make a difference in our, our city, our community, in our world. Our, our message today would be entitled, Empowered to Make a Difference. It's part of our mission. And I, I would trust that you would have an open heart, an open mind, open uh, ear to really hear what the Spirit would say to you today. Uh, because it's not more information we need. Uh, we need transformation. And that's done by a work of God. I can't convince you of anything. You know, I, I can tell. In fact, I have a, a Navy SEAL friend. He's retired. He's in Texas now. Uh, Kyle, and good friend. And his grandmother, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I think she was 99, close to 99 years old. She was uh, in hospice care. She was passing away in a coma, unconscious, and family, of course, praying for them, and her daughter was by her bedside, and she had been out for a number of days, just unconscious. All of them, sudden, she just woke up, looked around the room, saw her daughter, and went, I'm still here, <clears throat> and fell back into a coma. And she loved Jesus. She was so looking forward to being with him. And then all of a sudden, later that day, she wakes up again and her face was lit up. And she said, you don't have to wear makeup in heaven. And she fell asleep and died. So guys, know this. We don't have to wear makeup in heaven. <laughs> ladies too, ladies too. Uh, you know, have you heard the phrase before that someone's so heavenly minded they're no earthly good? You know, they're so religious and all of that. Well, I wanna do the opposite because personally, I, I've seen so many miracles. Uh, in fact, I, I actually as a chaplain, I go to the hospitals, a firefighter. Uh, I do ride-alongs, and this one firefighter said, oh, we believe in demons. We believe in, there's another realm here. We see it all the time. And he was a non-believer. He said, my Christian firefighter friend, they're always trying to convert me. And he said, we were on this call downtown, and it was this woman in her 70s. She's homeless. We've responded to her medical calls many times. And so we had to load her up in the ambulance. We're going to send her to the hospital. And as the paramedic, he said, I got in the back of the ambulance. I was going to go to the hospital with her. And all of a sudden, this man's voice came out of this 73-year-old, 72-year-old lady and started to growl and supernatural strength. The ambulance started to rock back and forth. He said, oh. Oh my goodness, he said, he jumped out of the ambulance, shut the door, and he said, you're a Christian, you get in there and deal with that. <laughs> I mean, heaven is real, and there's a warfare that's real that desires to destroy our lives. Please know, God loves you so much. My, uh, my youngest granddaughter, my youngest granddaughter, Avalon Ocean, uh, this past week, I just love her to peace, love all my kids, uh, but she's got a special calling. She just is a joy, and in the morning, we get a frantic call from my daughter, her mom, 
saying she's having seizures. Her head's going back. She's rolling her eyes back, and they're rushing her to the hospital, and it got more frequent, more frequent. And I, my heart was just in anguish. I called out to the Lord. I go, Lord, I will give my life for Avalon. I will give my life. And he spoke right back to me and said, I already did. I love her more than you could ever imagine. And so I, I, I sent out an email to all of our community chaplains, part of the church here, and just please pray for my, my granddaughter, and here's what's going on. And, and right as I sent that out, she had had like a very lengthy seizure, and she's at the hospital. They saw it. They're going to send her to Children's Hospital. And at 10.30, when all the chaplains started to intercede, everything stopped. And then they did all the uh, exams, the CAT scans and everything, and they said, she is totally healed. And it totally stopped from that moment. God desires to enter into our lives and our world, and he desires you know, I believe in signs and wonders. The Bible testifies of many miracles, signs and wonders. But here's the greatest sign and wonder that the world needs to see. The world needs to see us love one another. The, the world needs to see your marriages that are lit up with the joy and love of God. That they look at your relationship saying, I want what you have. He, he desires to live through our lives in such a way, yes, the miracles of healing, the miracles of God's glory and generosity, but the miracle of love, changing our city. And I believe God wants to empower us to make a difference as we surrender to love. Surrender to love. Now, we're gonna be in Acts chapter four, and you've maybe heard of the Beatitudes in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew chapters five through seven, Jesus says, blessed are the broken in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are persecuted. We refer to those as the Beatitudes. In Acts chapter four, I wanna share some attitudes that we're supposed to be, uh, the be attitudes because of what God desires to do in our lives. He desires to make himself known in such a beautiful, tender way. You see, many, many Christians have come to the Lord sometimes feel like we need to pay God back. And we, we do things out of obligation or guilt or we've, we've made some mistakes and we're shameful and, and so we, we're motivated by guilt and so I need to do things to kind of cover my, my mistakes and pay God back. And they have a kind of a relationship with God, it's faith plus works, yet that's not the gospel. Yet other people experience the grace of God. God, you love me. You, you paid for all my sins and, and they become complacent, more of a, an attender rather than a contender for the faith. And they just kind of show up but there's no real deep intimacy with God. 
and they have faith without works. Here's what the gospel does. God loves you, and there is nothing you can do to make him love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make him love you any less. But as you surrender to his love, he will transform your life. This is his desire, to reflect Jesus Christ because it becomes faith that works. Not because I have to. Not because I'm under obligation, but it's a relationship of love. Now, you've maybe heard, Christianity is not a religion, but what? A relationship, but it's actually more than that, because you know what? I, I have a relationship with the barista over at the coffee shop there. They know what my drink is, and I can walk in, because we're acquainted. And sometimes people have an acquaintance with God, kind of I'm like Peter in the, the Gospels when Jesus was arrested. He followed at a distance. No, Jesus desires intimacy. He wants to have this intimate relationship, a divine romance in every area of our lives. And out of love, we reflect him to the world. I believe the darker the world gets, the brighter we should shine, and that the world could look at you, look at your family, and say, I, there's something different about you. I want what you have. You're a sign, you're a wonder. How is it that you love? How is it you're so generous? How is it you're a servant to our community? That's the power of the gospel. And we see it happening in Acts chapter four. Let me read to you here, or read, follow along with me in Acts uh, chapter four. In chapter three, a person that was born, uh, he, he was uh, uh, crippled from birth, as the scriptures say, and uh, his parents raised him, and he was begging at the temple. He had no means of, of support, so he would beg, and people would care for him. Everyone knew him. And Peter and John walk by, he's begging, and they look at him, and they said, we don't have any silver or gold, but what we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he said, rise up and walk. And the individual stood up and not only walked, he was walking and leaping and praising God, and there was a big stir. What is happening? And then Peter and John were brought before the religious leaders. Stop talking about this Jesus of Nazareth. Chapter four, it says, now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them, put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed. And the number of the men came to be about 5,000. In chapter three or two of the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came upon the church at Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people responded to the preaching of the gospel and were saved. Now 2,000 more are added. 
It says, then it came to pass on the next day that the, the rulers, elders, scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. When they had set them in their midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Now, not too many weeks just prior, over 50 days prior, Peter, Peter had denied the Lord that even knew him three times. Peter had stumbled along many times. He, when Jesus was walking on water and Peter said, let me come to you. And Peter's standing on water. He sees the wind and the waves and he doubted and started to sink and he cries out, Lord, save me. Another testimony of Peter's faith was that that Jesus was asking the disciples, who do people say that I am? And Peter steps up to the plate and says, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus says, you're blessed, Peter. You're blessed. You got it right. And then almost in the next sentence, he starts, Jesus starts to tell them how he's gonna suffer and be betrayed. And Peter rebukes Jesus. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. Here's Peter, he's up, he's down, he's bold, he falls, and through it all. But now as the Holy Spirit has come upon him, Peter has become someone new. And the community is astounded. What happened to Peter? Verse eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has made, been made well, let it be known to you all. Well, he's from southern Judah. He, he said it like this. Let it be known to y'all. That's a dad joke. I apologize. At my age, they just kind of slip out. You know, it's like, the Sadducees were there, they're sad, you see. And to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. And he quotes Psalm 118. This is the stone which the builders rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there any salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The life. No one can come to the Father in heaven except through Jesus. You see, Peter became a new person because he was filled with the Spirit. First point, the beatitude. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, how does that happen? How do I do that? Well, we know in Scripture, in fact, in Luke 11 on the screen, verse nine, it says, Jesus says, so I say to you, And he would say the same to us here. By his spirit, he's speaking this today. 
I say to you, ask, and it'll be given you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and it'll be open to you. For everyone, not some people, but everyone who asks, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If a son asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, sinful people we are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He simply says, ask, and you can receive the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, it says, don't be drunk with wine, Paul writes, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the Greek, it's passive present, and it's actually an imperative command. Literally, we would have to say, be you continually filled with the Spirit. At Pentecost, they were filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, but every day, every moment, you can ask, seek, and knock, and say, Holy Spirit, come fill me. Come empower me. Come take control. I want to surrender to your love. Open my heart. Open my mind to all that you are and all that you want to do in and through me. Um, I have some dear friends. They were missionaries down in in southern part of Mexico for a number of years. When they came back and they kind of settled back here in San Diego, they were looking for work and they saw an ad that there was this individual in Rancho Santa Fe that needed someone to take care of their dogs, her dogs. It was a single woman, elderly woman, had two dogs, and she would pay them quite handsomely to take their dogs for a walk and groom them and just love upon her dogs. Uh, She lived in the gated community up there, and so they went ahead, got hired, got the job, and loved upon these dogs. Well, this dear woman passed away, had no family, and in her trust, she left all her millions to the dogs. And that the caretakers were to move into the house, the mansion, to care for them. And so here they are, and they get to live there, and needs taken care of as long as the dogs are alive. Now, if one of them died, I'd get it stuffed immediately and put it on wheels, you know. Yep, we're just taking the dogs for a walk, you know. It's <laughs> like, whoa. Well, uh, I was at a worship service here, and, and I, I was just uh, trying to surrender and everything to the Lord, and God spoke to my heart. You're like those dogs. <laughs> it was like, okay, am I dyslexic? Am I believing in dog? No. Um, That was another dad joke. It just snuck in there. I apologize. And he says, you know, so many Christians and so often you forget who you are. The wealth of heaven belongs to you. Your sons and daughters, your adopted heirs to the throne, your kings and priests, the scripture says, through faith in Jesus Christ, And yet many of us, like those dogs, those dogs don't know how wealthy they are. 
They're just sniffing fire hydrants along the way and going about their business, not knowing, have no concept that it's all theirs. So often we can miss out on all the glory of what God wants to do in us and through us because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so my encouragement to all of us here, surrender to God's love, be filled with the Spirit. You simply need to say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, come take control of my life. Fill me overflowing. It's a simple ask of God and he longs to pour his spirit within you. Well, as we read on the next verse, it says, now when they saw, verse 13, the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained people, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. Wow. The next be attitude, be with Jesus. Stay close to him. Jesus, his name Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. If you're in Christ, all things become new. All. You're transformed. We're seated in heavenly places, the Bible says. This morning, all of your worship songs were my message. I had the thought of just going up and closing the service in prayer because we just worshiped everything that the Spirit was wanting to say that we are seated with him in heavenly places. We're more than conquerors. It says, now all things are of God who has reconciled. He's made us right to himself through Jesus Christ. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation, of making things right. We're empowered to make a difference, to take an upside down world and turn it right side up. And later, on the verses it says in, in verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you in Christ's behalf, be reconciled, be right with God. See an ambassador, our ambassador in France, where does he or she live? Where do they live? They live in America. While in France, they're in the embassy, embassy, and that embassy is United States territory. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. You are from another realm as his ambassadors, wherever you are. You're in America. Those online may be in other states, other countries. If you're in Christ, you are God's ambassador to help make the world, as he works through you, reconciled to God. Reconciled to God. And I love this. 
Do you see your, your witness in Jesus Christ? The disciples were with him and everyone took notice. Your witness will determine the power of your witness. The more you surrender to be with God, it empowers your witness. Be with Emmanuel. You are a sign and wonder. Have you heard the phrase before, hurt people hurt people? It's true. Where people are wounded, they sometimes are triggered to lash out and they struggle with anger. But I, I've come to find for God's people, loved people, love people. And thanks, Dad. Uh, I'm on. Encouraged people, encourage people. Healed people, heal people. Where God has generously poured out his love within you. He will make you generous for the sake of others. Not out of duty, obligation. And let me share my heart with you. It's part of this, this church. It's a privilege to serve you. The pastors here, our pastor, the lead pastor, Pastor Miles. We don't want anything from you. Ever. Ever. We want for you. You know, we have life class, kingdom life. We, we have prayer ministry, groups for you to grow. It's, we don't want anything from you, but we know when you get involved with the things of God, you are going to be blessed. Your lives, that doesn't mean hardships don't come and trials, tribulation, but who you are is being transformed more and more into the likeness of Jesus, the likeness and the reflection of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, patience. That's who our God is and that's how he lives through our lives. We're family. F-A-M-I-L-Y. I love the acronym. Family, forget about me. I love you. If we can get our eyes off of ourselves and on to Jesus, our, our whole perspective changes. Your marriages will change, your relationships change. It's not God saying, don't do this, don't do this, and stop doing that, don't do that. It's God calling out to you, I love you, I want to do more in you, through you, for you. I desire you to have the life that is abundant life. Surrender to his love. You see, Christian maturity is not determined by how much you know, but by how much you love. This past October, my wife has a friend, and they were having a Halloween party, and I'm just not the party guy, never was, from childhood, high school, I'm just not more of an introvert, and let alone, Halloween is just not my thing. And so it's a Halloween party and their family's coming and their friends and they don't know the Lord and they've invited us to be there to kind of be a witness. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go. And she was like, please, just this once. And I said, okay, I'll go as a firefighter. Got my uniform, I'll be a firefighter. And she was like, well, what am I going to be? And I go, well, uh, you could be fire. 
I'll look on Amazon. I found an orange wig. She had an orange blouse and red leotards. And I go, you can be my fire. And we'll go. And so sure enough, we show up. We're not there. For, there's a crowd of people as we arrive. We, we walk up, get out of the car. We walk up. And the hostess of this party, she looks at me and looks at my wife and goes, oh, a firefighter and his hooker. I was like, oh, what? What? She had soot on her face. I was like, ah, ah, I told you I didn't want to be here. You know, the whole rest of the night. Here's a picture of my flame. <laughs> and when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of missed it on that one, you know. So the whole party, I'm going around. I was like, I'm a firefighter. And she's my fire. She's my fire, you know. I uh, can't put her out, you know. Uh, you know, even her best intentions don't always work. So, well, finally, if you skip down to verse 18, the third B is be faithful. Be faithful. They called them and commanded, the leaders called them not to speak to, at all, to teach in the name of Jesus. Stop it. Stop being a witness. But Peter and John answered them and said to them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. But we can't but speak the things we've seen and heard. The real deal. You know, I, I had a firefighter who was a, at a station. I, I just, I love the firefighters, the guys and gals that serve our city, the police, and I get to do ride-alongs. And, and, and sometimes uh, they start asking and we want to connect. They want to know about God. And I had this one firefighter that received Jesus as his Lord and Savior and was so excited. He went back to his station so zealous he wanted everyone to know and his crew. And he, he goes to the station and just says, hey, I gotta let you know, I've become a Christian and I'm serving Jesus. Very bold in his faith. And one of the other firefighters privately took him aside and said, I'm a Christian too. Brokenhearted, he said to him, how dare you? I have worked with you for 20 years and you never told me about Jesus? And you're a Christian? I could have died. I could have gone to hell. Now, they've made amends and all of these, but sometimes people want to be stealth. I don't want to, you know, don't want to speak up. Where people are desperate to have what you have, to know what you know, to experience the love. And we sometimes just have to speak up. Maybe you'll be rejected. Jesus was. But maybe the people that are watching you are wanting what you have. I, I would encourage you in this upcoming weeks, pray for friends and family. Pray for people to, to bring here to church. But it, it's not about going to church. It's about being the church. That's who we are to be in the world. Let me just close. My, uh, uh, I have five grandchildren, my oldest two, Brody and Kennedy and Brody. 
Uh, it was a weekend. Their mother and husband were out of town, and so we had the privilege. We got to have them over for the weekend. And on Friday night, it was rainy, springtime, cold out, kind of drizzly. And I said, you guys want to go into the jacuzzi? And they, they said, yeah, Bapa. They called me Bapa. And I said, let's all heat it up. And I heat it up. They get their bathing suits on, and we go out into our backyard. In our backyard, we have this big umbrella. I go, wait, wait, I'm always looking for teachable moments. And so I was a youth pastor for 20 years. I eventually got demoted to work with adults. So here I am. <laughs> you only have half a life left. Kids have a whole life ahead of them. Well, I take them out to the backyard, and I said, hey, come under this umbrella. And it's raining, and I say, you know, as we're standing under this umbrella, look, we're protected from the, the storms. Yeah, our feet are getting wet, it's cold, still the elements of the storms, you know, affect us a little bit, but God's, it's like God is like the umbrella, and we need to stay connected to the pole for the protection. We need to stay close to him. His laws, his, his teachings aren't to bind us up, but to keep us under his blessings. We're protected. And so they're grabbing the pole. Can, Papa, can we go in the jacuzzi? It's cold. And I said, well, wait, wait, wait. And so they're holding the pole of the umbrella, and then I walk out from under it. And I said, you know, so many people I've met over the years out in the community who used to, used to go to church, used to read the Bible, used to serve God, and God loves them, but they've walked out from under his provisions, his blessing, his protection, and the warfare. And then it's like me, I'm, I'm getting wet. It's cold. It's, and now I'm upset. God, why would you allow this to happen to me? And I said to my grandkids, what do I need to do? They said, Papa. Grab the pole, come back under. And I said, yeah, so through your life, hold the pole, stay close to Jesus. Yeah, there could be rough times, stay close to Jesus. He is so in love with you. Well, we went into jacuzzi, had a great night, forgot about it. Six months later, my granddaughter and her class, her literature class, they were doing shape poems. I never knew what a shape poem was. It's a poem that's written and it's in a shape. Six months later, she goes, text me, Papa, I did a shape poem for my literature class. And she attached it. It's on the screen here. She said, our shelter. Gosh, I always cry when I read this. Uh, I was like, they got it. They got it. They're holding the pole. She said, our shelter from the raging storm above, pouring down on us, but simply not even realizing how it has scratched the surface. Our God is like an umbrella from the storms of life, protecting us from the attacks of the devil. Holding tightly to the pole is like staying close to God. When we step out from under his protection, people blame him for getting wet even when all they really need is to step back under. You know, 
The wisdom of our children. Some of you here, some of us online, have stepped away. And consequences have happened. You're kind of reaping, yet God still loves you. He's wooing you. Maybe even brought you here today, saying, come back to me. Come to me. I love you. I have a future. I have a hope. I want to come fill your life to be a light in this dark world. I don't want anything from you. I want for you. I have so much for you. And so I, I want to close in prayer. I'm going to ask you not to rush out. The service isn't over yet. But I'm going to ask you to please stand as I pray for you. And, as pastors, we love you. Every week we're praying for you. And we know there's a lot of pain in this room. Some of you have had just loss. Some of you have had struggles. Some of you have stumbled and you're beating yourself up. And God's just saying, come to me. I just love you. You don't have to fix it. I've already done it. I already died for you. And so I'm going to ask you in a posture as we bow our heads, close our eyes. I'm going to ask if you want the Holy Spirit to fill you. He says ask. If you want to be with him, just ask. If you want to be faithful to surrender to love, you just ask. And so as eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I'm just going to ask you to hold your arms up to heaven to receive from God. All who just want more. You could be a Christian, you could be close to God, far from God, but if you're wanting to be filled, open your heart and pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love. I, I can't figure everything out. I, I just thank you that your love, I don't need to work harder, try harder, and yet I want a faith that works. I want a faith that is filled with your spirit. I, I want to live a life where my relationships are filled with love and peace and hope. So in the best way I know how Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, fill me. I believe that you died on a cross for me. And I receive by grace the fullness, the baptism, the filling of your Holy Spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.